Okay, let me pray for our time in the Word this morning. We will dig in. Father, I pray that this morning, with all the diverse needs that are here in this room, some perplexed about decisions, others feeling distant from you, others needing encouragement, some not even knowing even knowing you yet. But Lord, we I pray that you'd use your word by the power of the Holy Spirit to touch every heart that's here and that you would bring change and encouragement and strength and faith and comfort and guidance and peace and hope and all the different things that we need as we see more clearly who you are and how you call us to live. And I pray for your help, Lord. Help me to be in sync with your scriptures. Pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to be upon me as I preach. I need your help, Lord. So would you come and glorify your name in the name of your Holy Son through this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to Psalm 119. Love this psalm. Week number two in the series. So uh, if you need a Bible, we always say raise your hand. We'd like to bring one to you. Because the most important words you're going to see this morning or hear this morning are in the book. So make sure you've got a book in front of you. You'll, you'll miss the most important words. And uh, in the Bibles we're passing out, Psalm 119 is on page 512. Now while you're turning there, I want to give you a picture of the Christian life that will be relevant for the passage we're looking at today. In many ways, being a follower of Jesus, being a Christian, is like being behind enemy lines during a time of war, okay? There's a war here on the earth between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. It's about saving people from Satan's power and from sin so they can be forgiven and restored to God. And so to be a Christian is like being behind enemy lines. We've been set free from Satan's prisoner of war camp, and we've been commissioned with a mission, that is to to get back to the safety of heaven, but to bring as many people with us as possible. So that's the, the, the commission that we're on. That's the mission that we've been given. But the problem is, on the way from enemy territory to, to peace and safety, on the way there, we will meet up against enemy soldiers who are ruthless and are well-equipped and powerful, namely Satan and his temptations. So while we're heading back out of enemy territory, heading on the, on the pilgrimage to heaven, seeking to bring many with us, we will face Satan and his temptations... And what these enemy soldiers are seeking to do through these temptations are to wound us, to weaken us, if possible to destroy us, and to keep us from bringing people with us. Now the good news, here's the good news, is that God has given each of us, every believer, he's given us a weapon, which, if we will use it, if we will use this weapon, will enable us to resist every attack from the enemy. Every single one. If we will use this weapon, we will be enabled. It'll be war. It'll be fight. Joe's fighting now, okay, using promises to to fight these worries and things. It'll be fight. It'll be war. But we will be enabled to resist every temptation that comes our way if we'll use this weapon. But the tragic thing is many Christians don't use the weapon. They don't use the weapon. And so this morning, I want to ask the question, what is this weapon? And how can we use it? Because if we don't use the weapon, then Satan will tempt us, and he will harm us. 
and he will injure us, and he will keep us from being able to bring as many people with us as possible. So what is this weapon, and how can we use it? And the answer is in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. Look at what he says. I want to read these eight verses. Start with verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? Now let me just pause there. Why is he talking about young man? How about the rest of us? Okay. And I think the simplest answer to that question is that the author is a young man. This is very personal to him. It's not that young men face any greater temptations. We all have great temptations, depending on our stage in life. So what he's talking about here is how he can keep his way pure. Young man, and you older men, this is how you can keep your way pure. And young women, older women, and in between, okay, all of us. This is how we can keep our way pure. So how can a young man keep his way pure from, from sin? By guarding it according to your word. He's talking to God. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Okay, so in verse 9, he's raising the question, how can a young man or an old man or a young woman or an older woman or in between... How can we keep our way pure from sin? That's the question in these eight verses. Now, why is that question so important? Here's why. Let me explain it like this. It's because our highest joy as human beings, we we, we turn to this again and again and again, because this is the the heart of everything in our own hearts and how we live. The the, the, The highest joy we can experience as human beings is not found in money, It's not found in accomplishments. It's not found in friends. It's not found in comfort and entertainment. None of those will satisfy your heart fully and lastingly. The only thing that can satisfy your heart fully and lastingly, it's not a thing, it's a he, it's God. Knowing God in the person of Jesus Christ, fellowshipping with him, beholding him, worshiping him, glorifying him. When that happens, when you experience that, your heart will be filled in a lasting way. But here's the problem. All of us have turned our backs on God. And because God is just, very important to understand this, all of us face his judgment forever. But God cares about us. He loves us. He has compassion upon us. And so he has made a way for you and me and all of us, he's made a way for us to be forgiven for our sin and reconciled to him. And he did this by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, virgin born Jesus Christ, and the father punished Jesus with the punishment that we deserve so that we wouldn't need to be punished. And so here's what this means. The moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ, as your Lord, as your Savior, as your heart-satisfying treasure, 
At that moment, you are forgiven for all of your sins. Past sins, present sins, future sins, and you are reconciled to God. And for the first time, as you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you will feel the joy, the nearness of God, the presence of God, the love of Christ pouring into your heart. And for the first time, you will be overflowing with the joy that you were created to have that nothing else has been able to satisfy. You will know that joy in God. Now, why is it so important to keep our way pure from sin? Here's why. At that point in your life, you have two different ways that you could travel in front of you. We saw this in verses 1 through 8 last week. Okay, One way is God's ways. You can travel that way. God's ways in obedience to God, seeking to obey Him. But there's another path also, and that is sin's ways. Okay, So you've got God's ways in front of you, and you've got sin's ways in front of you. And the reason it is so crucial that we walk in God's ways, I mean, there's many reasons, but the one we saw in verses 1 through 8 last week, is that if is that when we walk in God's ways, that's when we will have fellowship with God because that's where God's presence is. God's presence is on this path. And so if you're walking on this path, if for the sake of knowing God through Christ, you're, you're praying, you're in the Word, you're loving your family, you're working hard at your job for Christ's glory, you're caring for the poor, you're seeking to make disciples. If you're walking on this path of God's ways, you'll have fellowship with God. You will experience his nearness. You will feel his presence. Your heart will be satisfied by his love. He will meet you there and you'll have the highest joy of fellowship and communing with the living God. That's why it's so important to walk in God's ways because God's there. But what happens if we get tempted, say, to gossip? You know, the Bible says we shouldn't gossip because it's not loving. And so we, if we walk from that path and we're over here, and we're, you know, gossip, 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 gossip. You'll notice God's presence is gone. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing his nearness anymore. I'm not feeling his closeness. I'm not sensing his love being poured into my heart by the Holy Spirit. Well, why not? It's because God's on that path. And you left that path. And you walked over onto this path. And so one of the reasons why it's so crucial that we keep our way pure from sin is because God's on that path. That's his ways. He's not on sin's ways. Now, if you are on that path as I have found myself being at various times this last week. It's not all over if you're on this path. Okay, he says, come back. I welcome you. And, and just like the prodigal son story, I love this, the moment you turn back, what is the father doing in the prodigal son story? He's running towards you, right? My boy's back. My girl's back. Okay, so it's not like it's all over. Turn back, turn back, turn back, turn back, turn back. But the point is, this is why it is so crucial that we walk in God's ways and keep ourselves pure from sin because God's presence is in the path of obedience. His love is there. His nearness is there. And when you move over to the path of sin, your assurance will weaken, your faith will weaken, your heart will become empty, and that's why. Got to come back. Okay, now. That's why it's so crucial to be pure from sin. So how can we do that? And in verses 9 through 16, the author gives us seven steps. Now, a lot of these overlap, but I want you to see all of these. First, verse 10, ask God to keep you from wandering. Father, keep me from wandering from your ways. Help me. When you pray that, God will answer. Second, verse 11, store up God's word in your hearts. We're going to come back to that one. Third, verse 12, 
Ask God to teach you His Word. Teach me by your Spirit to go deeper and understand your Word. Fourth, verse 13, share God's Word with those around you, those who believe and those who don't believe, because as you do that, you'll be strengthened. Fifth, verse 14, delight in God's testimonies. We'll be talking more about that in weeks ahead. That's a lot in Psalm 119. Sixth, verse 15, meditate on God's precepts, thinking about them, mulling them over, praying about them. And then seventh, don't forget God's word. Verse 16. Now, all of these will help us keep pure from sin. But as I prayed about this passage this week, I I just really sensed that the Lord wants us to focus on just one of these. The one about storing up God's word in our hearts. And here's why I think the Lord wants us to focus on this one. One reason is because of the amazing result that comes to people when we store up God's word in our hearts. Did you catch that there in verse 11? I've stored up God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. So there's a there's a cause-effect relationship between storing up God's word in your heart and not sinning. See that? Crystal clear in that verse. Okay, so that's one really important reason. Second reason is because this is the clearest place in Psalm 119 that the author talks about storing up God's word in our hearts. And then the third reason is because so many Christians, for various reasons, don't do this. We're weak in this step. So this morning we're going to focus the rest of our time on storing up God's word in our hearts. So let's read verse 11 again, and then we'll dig into this this verse. Verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So what does it mean to store up God's word in our hearts? How do we do that? What's involved with that? I just thought about it like this. If you were going to go, if, if, you're, if your cupboard was bare and you wanted to store up food in your cupboard so it would be there when you needed it, you'd go to the grocery store, right? And you'd buy oatmeal, you'd buy peanut butter, you'd buy pickles, you'd buy chili, right? You'd buy all kinds of food from the grocery store, and you'd bring it back and you'd, and you'd put it in your cupboard, okay? That, because you're, you're storing up food in your cupboard. It was in the grocery store, and you're buying it there, and you're putting it into the cupboard so it'll be there when you need it. That's what, have you done that this last week? Okay, we hope so. All right, very good. Same with storing up God's word in our hearts, okay? God's word is in the grocery store of the Bible. Right there, okay? God's word is in the grocery store of the Bible. And if you want to store God's word in your heart, you got to go to the grocery store of the Bible and find helpful verses, and then you take them and you, you store them in the heart so that from that point on, they're in the cupboard of your heart, okay? They're in the grocery store of the Bible, and you can take them and store them in your heart. They're still in the Bible for everybody else, okay? Limitless supply of of God's verses. We all can do this. But you take them from the grocery store of the Bible and you store them in our hearts so they will be there when we need it. Now, how do we take them from the Bible and store them in our hearts? There's only one way. We memorize them. You memorize them. That's how you do this. He's talking about memorizing Scripture. When you memorize a verse... It is no longer just in the Bible. It's there, okay? But now it's also in the, in the cupboard of your heart, available for you whenever you need it. It's right there. 
That's what the author is calling us to do here, memorizing Scripture. I would guess the vast majority of us do not have a regular discipline of memorizing Scripture, which is why we're going to talk about this today. Because the author says in verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If we want to walk on God's path, and if keep if, if not sinning, if not departing, if, if not sinning against God, we'll, if we will sin less by storing up God's word in our hearts, then we will store up God's word in our hearts. That's the, the flow of thought that the author has here in verse 11. So how does storing up God's word keep us from sinning? Let's dig a little bit deeper into that so we understand just how crucial this is. I just mentioned a couple, I mentioned a couple ways here. One way. When you've got God's word in your heart, um, you can you can you can whip it out, you know it, and you can expose sin's deceptions. Here's why this is so important. Let's say that someone has really hurt you um, unjustly, wrongly. They've they've hurt you grievously, and at that moment, you know how it is. It just it just feels so right to be angry at them, to harbor a grudge against them, certainly not to forgive them. To seek revenge against them is really what you feel like is right to do, right? When someone has hurt you, it just seems so right to not forgive and to harm them. Maybe slandering about other people or whatever it might be, right? Okay, church, church, does it feel right to seek revenge when someone has hurt you? Are we awake here, okay? Absolutely. But, if you've stored up Ephesians 4.29 in your heart, then you can say, wait a minute, Ephesians 4.29, but be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, as God in Christ has forgiven you. And as you pray over that truth, the Holy Spirit will come and sin's deceptions will be exposed. You'll see, I have been forgiven. God in Christ has forgiven me. I don't deserve forgiveness. I've wronged God grievously. And he sent his own son and punished his own son to forgive me, humbles me. And then I have a a wealth of joy in God and all of his promises now and forever. So I just have a wealth of goodness coming from God. And that humbling of seeing that I'm forgiven and the wealth that I have in God shows me it's wrong to seek revenge for people who've experienced that. And it's right to forgive. And so sins, deceptions get exposed when you've got God's word with ready access in your heart. Another example, um, or another way that as we store God's word in our hearts, sin is, is overcome, uh, is that it, it satisfies our hearts. God will satisfy our hearts through the scripture. So here's how I experienced this. A while back, uh, I was out praying by the, the path near our house, and, and honestly, I was feeling pretty empty at this time. I was just empty spiritually, um, not really sensing much of the Lord, not really having much to my shame, much love for Him. And you know, when you're empty, it's a very dangerous place for you to be spiritually because when you're, when you're empty, you're a sitting duck for temptation, right? Because sin looks really attractive when you're empty. When you're full of the Lord, sin's joys are like just paltry, like nothing. But when you're empty, sin's joys can seem really attractive. But here's what I was doing. I was walking, and, and I realized I was empty, and I had my packet of 
Bible verses I was reviewing, and I came to Exodus chapter 15, verse 11 in my reviewing. This is so powerful. Exodus 15, 11. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders. And I tell you, as I was praying over that scripture, the Holy Spirit came upon me and I saw and felt, God, you are majestic in holiness. And he was there. You are awesome in praises. You work wonders. And my heart went from empty to filling, 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 strongly filled. And so even the process of working on Storing up God's word in your heart as you're memorizing and reviewing and going over, God can use to overcome sin because your heart will be satisfied. Another example, um, when you have God's word stored up in your heart, your faith will be strengthened. Okay. Um, most of you know I had a mild stroke uh, January 1st, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when I got back from the hospital, I was out walking by my trail on, on that tr- same trail, and I was feeling pretty low. Uh, just you know, what a hassle! And, and I'd lost a little bit of my peripheral vision, and what's that going to mean? And and I, I was feeling pretty. It was, it, was, it was a low point. And as I was feeling low, the Holy Spirit brought into my mind a verse I'd memorized from the Book of Job. Remember, Job had lost almost everything except for his wife. Lost all of his kids, all of his possessions. Um, and remember what Job said in Job 121. He said, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. And then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I, I knew that verse, memorized that verse, thought about that verse. But I tell you, at times like this, verses like that, I'll say, like, wow. Job lost all of that. God had taken that, and he still blessed God. Why? Why would he still bless God? And just the thought hit me from that verse. It's because God only takes things from us in order to bring us something of even more value in him, even more joy in him, even more nearness with him, even more fullness in him, even more fellowship with him. That's the only reason God ever takes things from us, is to bring us something even better. And so we say, okay, it's not easy, but blessed be the name of the Lord, because you are loving in in all that you do, including that. And that verse powerfully strengthened my faith and transformed, changed my heart. So can you see how important it is to store up God's word in your in your heart? So you might think, well, you know, I've got a Bible. Why do I need to, to memorize it? Well, think about it like this. The Bible says that Satan's like a, pro, a prowling lion, a roaring lion prowling around seeking whom he may devour, right? That's what Satan does. So he's always prowling, coming at us with temptations, trying to devour us. Now the good news, though, is that God says the, the word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Okay? And the sword of the Spirit can fend off this prowling lion. Whenever you wield the sword, the lion sees the sword and flees. Okay? When you wield the sword of the word, the lion, Satan, with his temptations, flees. That's what what he does. And so when we pull out the sword of the word and we think about scriptures and pray over scriptures, the spirit will use the sword to fend off Satan. But to do that, we need to know it. 
We need to have it memorized, okay? Example, let's say you get an unexpected bill in the mail. And uh, yikes, and I wasn't expecting this. And, and all of a sudden, you start to become overwhelmed with fear about money. And then you start thinking about, what if I lose my job? And what if I get major medical problems? And then you know how that goes. Okay, just, you're overwhelmed with fear about money, okay? Now, if at that moment, if, you, if you've got Philippians 4.19 memorized, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. If you've got that memorized right there, whoosh, got the sword, okay? The lion's coming, prowling, roaring, ah! Philippians 4.19, okay? And you will fend off that attack. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and as you pray over that verse and fight the fight of faith with that verse, your heart will change, the fear about money will lift, peace will come, strength will come, that's what will happen. But what if you don't have that verse memorized? Okay, guys, I'm getting tempted. Okay, something about money. The Bible, I know. Something, that's a, my, check my concordance. Money, 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 money. See, meanwhile, Satan's devouring, devouring, devouring. Okay? Or if you think, okay, just like some vague generality, like something about like God, you know, he, like God's going to take care of everything, blah, blah, blah. Because, see, the, that's not a sword of the Spirit. That's like a rubber dagger. That's like maybe a toothpick. Okay? So vague generalities from the Bible are not the sword of the Spirit. You need the sword. You need the verse. You need specific verses that you know, like Philippians 4.19. Do you see that? And so we love the Bible. Read the Bible every day. Learn the Bible and memorize the Bible because when the attacks come, I mean, if the lion is starting to devour you, you don't want to wait five minutes to find out where the sword was. I'm not sure you heard. Did you hear that? If, the, if he's chomping on your leg, you don't want to pull up the concordance and say, now, where was that sword? Know it. Have it. Use it. Are you, are you, are you convinced? Yeah. I, I, I hope so. I was talking to my dad about this um, Thursday night about this. My dad, 88 years old, and, uh, and I had never heard this before. He said, tell the people to memorize God's word. He was, I'm so thankful when I was a young man, he memorized a thousand verses when he was in his 20s. Started started a path to memorizing then. And he said, for the decades of his Christian life, time and time and time again, he's been able to pull out the sword and fight against anxiety and discouragement and greed and pride and confusion and despair and hopelessness. And then he said, and Steve, now of course, my dad has lost his vision. He can't read anymore. He has macular degeneration. He said, I can't read my Bible anymore. It's a huge loss for him. He listens, but huge loss for him not to be able to read. And he said, you would not believe how many times when I'm struggling with a temptation, when I'm struggling with hopelessness or discouragement or, or whatever it might be, the Holy Spirit will bring into my mind a verse I memorized years ago. And it'll be exactly the verse that I need. And I maybe hadn't thought about it for years. And the Holy Spirit will bring it to me. He says, Steve, tell people, memorize the scriptures. I said, Dad, I'll tell them. Okay, Mercy Hill Church, my dad says, memorize the scriptures, okay? Learn God's word. Now, how do you do that? How do you go about memorizing scripture? It is not easy. I'm 58 years old, and it's getting harder for me, okay? All right, that old memory thing just mm, takes a little more work. So I would start, here's what I do. I would start by praying and asking God to help you. 
That's not just a formality. He will help you. No one should say, you know, I'm, I'm, I was never very good in school. I'm not really a reader. I'm just not a memorizer. Not so. Not so. You can do this by God's grace. He will help you. So start by asking God to help you. Okay? And then start small. Get a 3 by 5 card, just one 3 by 5 card, and, and think of a verse that I'd love to have that one memorized. That'd be so helpful. Okay? And then write that verse down. Put the reference down, and then write the verse out on your 3 by 5 card, and then put the, ver- the reference at the end also. Okay? So you've got your, you prayed, and you've got your card. And then what I do is I, I'll just go over the reference. Okay? Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19, okay? Get that in my mind. And then I'll add to that reference like the first four or five, six words. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply. Okay, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply. And, and I'll do that not just rote or just sheer memorization, but I'll, I'll, I'll think about the words, my God. That's you, Father. Shall supply. Oh, that's sweet. Isn't that sweet? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply. And I'll keep getting that until I've got Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply. And then I'll add the next four or five or six words. So add the second phrase, and then you do the whole thing, okay? Reference, first phrase, second phrase. Reference, first phrase, second phrase, until you got that. And then reference, first phrase, second phrase, third phrase, until you got the whole verse down, okay? It's not rocket science, right? And then you end with the reference again. So reference, first phrase, second phrase, third phrase, close of the reference, and just go over that. But again, not, not just rote. See, I love now memorizing scripture, and I love reviewing, but you know why? It's, it's because as I am in the act of memorizing, God meets me. God meets me. Some of the most sweet experiences that I've had of the Holy Spirit have come to me while I'm memorizing a verse. It's true. And you'll experience that too. Okay, so that's that's how you do it. Okay, now, questions. Let's raise some questions about this. Does this make sense? Any questions about what are some struggles you've come up against as you've maybe tried to memorize scripture? Um, any questions about anything I've said so far about how memorizing scripture, how storing it up in our hearts will enable us to keep our ways free from paths free from sin? What questions is this raising your mind? Raise your hand high. We'll bring a mic over to you. Ian. Thanks, Josh. There's a lot of verses in the Bible. Any suggestions of where we may start? That's a really good question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, I, what I would... if. if I would start. What I did is I just started with with a verse that I really wanted to that, that had, was really me, had meant a lot to me recently because that kind of gave me incentive and motivation because it was sweet and, and I'd met the Lord in it. Um, I mean, you can you know, uh, Desiring God Ministries has their packet of fighter verses which are helpful. Um, so, but but most important thing is that you are memorizing verses that you know have immediate relevance to you, especially if there's a struggle you're facing right now. And a verse would help you with that. Maybe you could ask your home group leader, hey, is, you know, here's what I'm going through right now. Could you, any verses that would be helpful and then find some? Because again, if a verse is relevant to you right now with your season of life and the struggles you're facing right now, you'll have even more incentive and motivation to memorize. And that, I find that all very helpful. Anybody else have an answer to that question? Where do you start, Sean? What was that? Galatians 2.20. Okay, that's a good, good place to start. Okay, Sean? So, uh, actually, it's funny you should mention this, Ian, because I literally had uh, just recalled 
was looking up, uh, so he was speaking, the uh, Building Faith in Jesus uh, list of promises that you had sent out to, to our home group on uh, June 7th. So we can start there. But uh, I think, I'm not sure if that's still back there. Uh, ask your home group leader for there's a there's a, a four page or front and back pamphlet we put together called Building Faith in Jesus which lists heart conditions heart struggles and then promises that are relevant yeah. and that'd be a good place to start. And um, speaking to um, the fire verses that um, Desire and God Ministries put out, they also do have an app for those who are interested. And, uh, That's right. Going through that right now as well. Nice. Um, and it's a really helpful app actually. Excellent. Okay, other questions? Yes, sir. question, but I have a... The last church I went to, uh, in the bulletin every Sunday, they gave us a verse to memorize that pertained to the... Uh, what the preacher was preaching about. To the, and uh, it works. I mean, everybody seemed to memorize it every week. There was a new verse. That's a great idea. To the, the message. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll think about that. Okay, thank you, Dave. Other questions? Other questions? What's What are some yabbits? You know what yabbits are. That's a, yeah, but, you know, I just want, I want you to be persuaded to make memorizing of Scripture a part of your, of, of the rhythm of your spiritual life. Not, not so that people can see how much you know. That's worthless. Okay, that is not what this is about. Who gives a rip what other people know about what you know? doesn't count for anything. It's all about your word I have stored in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's all about walking on this path. It's about fellowship with the living God. It's about experiencing his love. It's about having your heart be filled overflowing. And memorizing scripture will help you stay on that path. That's what he says. So, questions? Steve. The other thing, besides what you said, is it's really difficult to minister to other people. If you don't know the word. Right? Oh, that's that's a whole yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good words. Don't give him a rubber dagger or a toothpick. Give him the sword. Right? Thank you, Steve. Other thoughts, questions? Yes, ma'am, right up here. A mic up here, Steve. Here it comes. Yes. And when Satan was Yes. Jesus is the perfect example there. Let me close with that, okay? Four temptations that Satan brought to him. And Jesus quoted four different verses, one for each temptation. And by means of quoting those scriptures, his faith was strengthened, right? He saw clearly, again, Jesus never sinned, but his faith was strengthened, and he was able to resist every single one of those temptations by quoting the scriptures. So how did Jesus learn those four scriptures? He had memorized them. 
We know Jesus is fully God, but he laid aside his omniscience to become man. And so he memorized scripture. That's how he had those four verses. And Jesus right there shows us exactly how to fight temptation when it comes our way. And it's by knowing scripture and using scripture as the sword of the spirit, wielding it with faith and with prayer. So here's, here's the picture I, want, I just want to leave you with, and that is this afternoon, Satan is going to be a prowling lion seeking to devour you with temptations. He will this afternoon and tonight and tomorrow and this next week and this next year and in the decades to come. Okay, th- This is reality, right? We're behind enemy lines. Our job is to go to heaven, right? Walk the pathway to heaven, bringing as many people with us as possible, but Satan's going to be seeking to harm us, injure us, derail us, weaken us. But God has given you a sword. He's given you a weapon which you can use okay, to thwart Satan's temptations. And it's the word of God. okay. But the only way to really use it effectively is to have memorized lots of it. Oh, I hope you're seeing how clear that is. Vague generalities about, what, you know, well, God says everything's going to work out. Those are not the sword of the Spirit. Those are wimpy. Those are toothpicks. Those are rubber daggers, not the sword. You need the sword. And so the only way to wield the sword of the Spirit effectively this afternoon and tonight and this next week and in the years to come is to have memorized God's Word. It's the only way. So Mercy Hill Church with reliance on God's grace, not to impress anybody else, but because we love him, we want to walk in his path. This week, start memorizing scripture. This week. Start small. Think big. Keep it simple. This week, start memorizing scripture, and you will always have the sword of the Spirit with you. Okay, let's stand. I want to pray this over us. Father, I pray for me and I pray for all of us here that right now by the work of your Spirit you would help us see so clearly the nature of the the warfare that we face and the power of the weapon that you give. That we would see how right and worthwhile and vital it is to memorize Scripture. I pray for those who have tried and failed that you would just lift discouragement off of them and give them fresh hope. I pray for those who feel inept at at memorizing, just like they just don't think that they're going to be able to do it. Father, help them see what you can do and give them much grace as they take steps to, to do it, I pray. I pray for anyone here this morning, Lord, who has not yet come to the place where they have put their trust in Jesus and they're still in in Satan's prisoner of war camp and need to be freed. And Lord, would you use what they've heard this morning about you, Lord Jesus, and your death on the cross to, to bring them to the place now where they put their faith in you and are freed from Satan's power. And so they can join us as we seek to bring many to heaven with us. Thank you for your word and thank you for this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.